everybody. How you doing? Uh, this is Matt. I'm hosting this Blizzard Watch podcast that we do each and every week because we, we like you and we like Blizzard games and we like talking about them. So there you go. Um, I've already established that he's uncanny. So here's Joe Perez. Joe, how you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm feeling a lot better after our pre-show. Y'all should uh, should show up early next time and hang out with us. Our pre-shows are wild. Yes, they are. They are like well, we don't we don't get wet or anything. No. I mean, maybe Joe does. I don't know. No. I can't. I don't have a camera. I can't see him. He could be dumping like pictures of water on himself right now. Listen, he could be doing the entire flash, opening to, to Footloose right now. I don't. I was know. gonna say flash dances are for Fridays only, Matt. Let's let's be real. Coffee is for closers. <laughs> Last uh, is on for Fridays. Oh, it's been um, a, a month, guys. It's, it's only nine days in, and this month has been amazing and exhausting. Um, we're going to do the thing where we usually do. We talk about some various stories. This first one's kind of serious, so I want to give it the, the respect it deserves. There's not a ton to say about it. Uh, we were supposed to have a Shadowlands preview this week, and uh, we didn't get it. And we didn't get it because Blizzard decided not to do it. They, they pushed it off to, to a future time because they wanted to allow the, the national discussion. If you live in the United States or even internationally at this point, you know the national discussion that we're talking about, about Black Lives Matter and about police violence. They wanted to allow that discussion without them trying to wedge in and go, oh, hey, we got a video game. So I have nothing but sympathy for them because I often feel like, what am I doing? Uh, bothering everybody with my with my not unimportant nonsense, but life does go on. However, that was their decision. I personally think it was a pretty good one. I don't have anything else to say on the subject other than it was a good decision. Um, Joe, you got anything? I think it was a very good decision. Um, again, like you said, life moves on, but it's important, and it's important that larger voices than ours uh, give way for other people's voices to be heard. Right. Yeah. And for that matter, I mean, I don't know. I, I think it's a discussion where years overdue having. So I'm absolutely on board with that choice on theirs. And now that we've talked about that, we will now move on. Um, smooth, smooth segue there, Rossi. Uh, the next thing we're going to talk about really briefly is the fact that we now know when Diablo 3's season 20 is ending. Uh, it's ending on June 21st. So if, like me, uh, you have not been playing this season particularly aggressively, I played it like up to level 70 like, when it first came out and played around with the uh, Kanai's Cube a bit. And then I didn't because I was done. I had done everything I felt like doing. And, I mean, some, some seasons I feel really committed to just push, 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 try to get as high as I can, try to get as many Paragon levels as I can, try and push as many rifts as I can. This season I really didn't. This has been a, the past few months has definitely, it's been interesting in that I've done more gaming probably than I ever have because, uh, you know, everybody's home all the time. So it's not like there's, there's people to play with constantly, but at the same time, I've also been really selective about what I play. Like I've been playing a lot of different stuff, not just, you know, I, I played a ton of World of Warcraft for one thing. Uh, that, that reputation, I'm not the reputation, the uh, experience boost that they put in. Oh, it's been insane. Yeah, I, I, I love that. Uh, the only time I've played more was in the Legion pre-opening. Do you, do you remember the Legion opening? Like, before oh, Legion yeah. actually came out? I mean, uh, I remember for, a lot about it. I mean, what specifically do you want to reference? I got a character from, like, level 20 to level 70. And not level 70. Oh, level the invasions, 100. yeah. Yeah. 
I've got characters from like like started characters. The the my main throughout all of Legion and Battle for Azeroth until fairly recently, I leveled her in invasions, and I like I rolled her, uh, got her to level ten, found an invasion, went to it, and like just woof. I think I was level thirty after that first invasion. And I think I was level like in my seventies by the second invasion, and I was max level by the within a week, easily within a week, maybe less than that even. That's the only time I've leveled faster. Uh, th- those those invasions were just crazy high XP. Um, but yeah, so that's that's what's been going on with Diablo three this this season twenty is ending. It's ending on the twenty first of June, so you have uh, as of us recording this today is the ninth, I believe. Am I crazy? Today is the ninth. Yeah. Oh wow, the days just kind of melt together into a fondue. Um. Anyway, yeah. So if you, it's since it's the ninth, you've got like twelve days to to get whatever you want to get done done, and then you know I, I I'm I'm still thinking July, early July will be the next season, but we don't know for absolute sure. They have not actually announced exactly when it's coming out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Uh, if you if, if you're interested in a new season. It's it's got an interesting power. It's like you know the the season of the tempest and it's random elemental explosions when you do stuff. So I don't know how cool that's going to be, but that's what it's going to be. But this next thing I wanted to mention because I don't think either Joe or I saw this coming. Apparently, Heroes of the Storm is a lot less retired than I thought it was. Yeah, this this is crazy. Multiple new heroes have been announced. Uh, they have an event coming out. Like soonish, um, I'm not really sure what's going on with this. No, snowstorms in the Nexus, which was some kind of teaser that they put out, and apparently, yeah, they're working on a whole bunch of new heroes. That there, there's. I, I did not see it coming. I straight up didn't. Yeah, I, I also did not. I was 100 like I thought this was in maintenance mode. Like we were talking about this in work chat not too long ago about how we were like it's such a shame that like. Heroes of the Storm is just seemingly in in maintenance mode, but yeah, it's this is crazy. If they're releasing all of the ones that they that they're hinting at or that we think they are, that's cool. And especially with the idea of it being like this big event, uh, like Deathwing was this event where like the the stage would occasionally, you know, shake or whatever. This is a little bit bigger, so they're actually putting like actual thought and process into not just here are the characters go play it's here's this pre this whole big event for it and the idea of may as one of the characters would be i think it's all but confirmed didn't we i think somebody streamed and like there was like a preview of it or, or saw or something like that uh that's crazy and super cool i know may's one that they've been asking for since they started pulling overwatch characters into into the nexus syndragosa that's that would be amazing. We could have an all dragon team, a whole dragon team, and here's the storm. And we could yell about how our pathetic magic has has betrayed us when we lose the game. Uh, I I'm all for this. This is awesome. Yeah, I I think they mentioned also Ball would be possible. Uh, if Ball came in, you'd have the three you know greater evils that would all be in the game. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So uh, there's. It's just it's interesting to see a game that I think a lot of us uh, certainly I'll be in front and admit I had written Heroes of the Storm off. I thought it was done. It was as Joe said, we thought it was basically in maintenance mode. 
but they they did the those Olympian skins not too far ago, too long ago, like with the uh, the Zeus skin for for the Amazon and so forth. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And now they're they're doing this, which seems yeah. There's multiple heroes for this year, and the first one's coming soon. Like it's it's not they they specifically said this one's going to be out fairly soon. So that's that's pretty amazing. I am looking forward to seeing and hearing more about it. Uh, but yeah, that's that's what we know about that. We don't really know too much at the moment. The uh, the last one that brought up really fast was just something we did uh, we did on the site because let's face it, we have no idea what the story of Diablo Four is. Nope, no right? idea whatsoever. We don't know when it's coming out. We don't know much at all about the storyline other than the bare bones of the initial opening trailer. And we're not even sure about everything that we... Even everything we've seen, we don't really know what it means. Um, but people have been asking, people have been demanding that we tell them if there's going to be playable necromancers in Diablo 4. And the answer is, we don't know. <laughs> no one has said anything. There have been no announcements. We don't know. I think it's very likely there will be some level of involvement of necromancers in this game because a they're probably the most popular class that hasn't already been confirmed um druid and barbarian and sorcerer were all extremely popular classes that were confirmed at blizzcon 2019 of the classes that haven't been confirmed i think necros are probably if not the most popular they're near the top oh yeah um I'm not sure who you'd put ahead of them. Uh, possibly paladins or something, but I don't think... I don't... It's one of those weird situations where I actually think the Crusader came along and did paladins better than paladins did. Yeah. Uh, Diablo 3 Crusader, I think, actually has more feel, has more of a, of, a, of a feeling and flavor to it than paladins by themselves did. I think the paladin came off kind of neutrally. In comparison, so I honestly think the Necro is probably the most popular class that no one is sure will be there or not. As to whether or not they will be there, I mean, without going into the entirety of all the lore possibilities of Diablo Four, we know that there's a there's a season there's a reasonable chance that Rathma is the guy who summons Lilith back in that trailer. It and if you haven't sense. seen the trailer, if you haven't seen the trailer, it came out in 2014, guys. Not 2014, but <laughs> 2019. Sorry, it came out in 2014. Oh my God, I'm time warping. <laughs> Uh, it's, it feels like it's been five it's years. It's been eight million years. It does feel like it sometimes. But seriously, um, it may, would make sense if that's Rathma, although at the same time it wouldn't make sense that that's Rathma. And that's one of the things about it that would make it interesting. And it would. I don't know if you guys know this, but necromancers are the priests of Rathma. That's the name of the order that they are mm-hmm. in. And they're inspired by Rathma to try and uphold the balance. That's the whole thing. So if Rathma pulled Lilith back, maybe he recruited them for whatever he thinks he's doing that's, that one assumes would be maintaining the balance. And thus, maybe we'd get playable necromancers because, A, you're either rebelling against what he's doing or you're supporting it. And that's a possibility. Or they could just be in the game and you don't play one. Much like how, if you play Diablo 2, the first three classes did make appearances in Diablo 2 mm-hmm. as bosses. They did. I mean, the fighter was the Dark Wanderer himself. Uh, Blood Raven, the first major boss you fight in Diablo 2, was the, the, the rogue. And I forget what happened to the wizard, but I know he's in there. He's also another monster you run into on the way. So 
it's possible you could run into the Necromancer from Diablo 3 now as a, like, a lunatic monster you have to fight. Or Zul from Diablo 2, he could be a boss somewhere in Diablo 4. That's possible as well. We don't know, but y'all really wanted to know. And so we're telling you now. We don't know. Um, you got anything to say on that one before we move on, Joe? No. I don't. I'm... I... I'm really looking forward to hearing more about Diablo 4 and and what it actually will will have for classes cuz I've got some holdouts. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm super happy for the fact that Druid's coming back cuz that's definitely my jam, but I want to see what else is going to what else they're actually going to do. So I can't wait. No idea yeah, what it's going to be. Can't wait. I would love them to do at least one new class. Something completely new. I don't yeah. know which. Yeah, I would love them to do that cuz they've done that for the last 3 games. So I would like them to do that again, but I don't know. Uh, but yeah, we're going to move on to doing emails and stuff. Uh, if you guys have an email for the show or a question for the show, if you don't want to email it to us, there's a bunch of ways to get them to us. The first is to send them to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or blizzardwatch. Or sometimes you go, either show is fine by me, and then I grab them because, you know, I'm greedy. Unless you do uh, it after Tuesday, then I grab it because I'm greedy. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but... That's one way to do it. Or you can go to our, our Discord server and you go to our Q and pa- our patron Q and podcast questions channel and you can ask it there. Or you can go to the Q questions channel, which is not for patrons. It's just open to everybody. We do look there last because, you know, we, we like to support our patrons first because that's one of the things. Being a patron keeps the site going, so we should give them things in return. It's, it's kind of just being nice since they allow us to exist. Uh, but yeah, we do look there if we're if we're in need of some questions. We do check there from time to time. So, right now, Joe's going to read them for us because he does. Because again, blind guy. Uh, so, if you don't mind, Joe. Not at all. Our first question comes from our friend Six K, who I see in chat. Hi, Six K. Uh, question for the podcast: Which do you want more, a new class or the ability to swap out specializations with other classes? I.e., do you want a tinkerer, botanist, spirit walker? Or do you want your warlock to have discipline as a spec? It's a good question. What do you think? I don't. I mean, I don't want to have a warlock in the first place, but uh, I'll I'll go for a moment from you know, I I'll use a class that I actually play. I'll use like Death Knight. Um, I would like it if Death Knights could, for instance, summon demons. I I think that would be kind of cool if there was like a demonology spec for war for Death Knights. Um, or if I think the one we talked about last week was 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 demon hunters. Like if there was like an yeah. actual range a range spec for demon hunters, that'd be kind of cool. I mean, it could straight up just be like like survival spec from hunters, uh, and you'd just play it like you'd play a demon hunter from Diablo three. You just you shoot things with a bow. Maybe it's a bow you infuse with demonic power. Maybe it's a glaive you just strung a string on. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, I, I could kind of see it. I kind of think it would be cool. Uh, it's, I don't really feel like we need new classes. I think we have too many. Yeah, I, and I don't... Like, here's the thing. If you if you love a class that was added, I, I'm not saying your class is bad. I'm not saying the game is bad for having it. But I feel like we're at 36 specs. And anything we do is going to add more complexity. But adding another class is going to add at least two specs. Because they're not going to add a class that just has a tanking spec or just has a healing spec. They're going to add something that has at least a tanking or healing spec and then a DPS spec. Because that's just going to be what happens. 
unless they added a pure DPS. And even then, I don't think they're going to add a pure DPS class with one spec. I just don't see that happening. So, actually, I don't think I, I don't honestly think that they've ever added a pure DPS class. Like they had them when they started the game, and that's it. They've never added one. No, because they've added Death Knights. Those are like tank heal. Those are tank yep. DPS. They added monks. Tank that's heal tank heal DPS. They added uh, Demon Hunters, which is, tank again, DPS. tank DPS. And they haven't added anything else that I can think of, have they? That's it, the three that they've added? Uh, yeah, and as, as Sage Time points out in chat, there's a couple other things that are, are sort of, I don't want to say odd, but they haven't added another male or cloth class to the game. They've only added leather or plate classes. That's true. That is true. In fact, I believe we even talked about that before the Demon Hunter came out, but they, they should make Demon Hunters wear male. Yeah, because it would it would balance it out slightly. Yeah, we, that is something we've discussed. And all the DPS classes that they've added have been melee. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, Ooh, interesting. I don't think we need yeah. Don't add another melee, guys. Please, please, please. I remember reading back in Cataclysm, raiding as melee was already like hectic as just beep. Um, <laughs> so I had to beat it, myself, but. Yeah, as far as me, like one thing that I think would be a really cool idea, and I, I and this is just wild speculation and and wild like in a perfect world because this would be incredibly unbalanced. I'm not even sure how you could ever possibly balance it. I wouldn't mind being able to steal one ability from another class, like have some mechanic in the game that lets me. I don't know. Pretend I'm a, a guardian druid so I can tank as a shaman again. That would be really cool. I'd be totally down for that. Something like that I think would be interesting. Again, horribly unbalanced. I, I, I don't know even where you would begin. But I think that would be cool to see, like, instead of just an entire spec get ripped, specific abilities or specific things that you would identify with that particular class for whatever reason that changes how you play or how your flow is. So that would be my pick, but otherwise I don't want another class. I think, I think you've hit the nail right on the head. We have too many of them right now. Um, we've talked about sub, uh, classes or sub specs before where like we talked about the tinker, the botanist and stuff like that as being supplemental classes that you can add on to your existing class to change how you play. I wouldn't mind something like that, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to rip an entire class off. I also don't want to just have an entire new class added to the game. Too many, too many. Yeah. I think we're both on the same page there. It's, it's not that it couldn't work or it would break the game, but it, it's just, you get to the point where you're like, Okay, we effectively have three fighter classes with the warrior. We effectively have three paladin classes. We effectively... The specs are kind of like mini classes on their own. And they alter the way you play. And then adding them to a different class, it is... Think about how how hard it would be to make that work for some classes. Mm -hmm. Like, you got a shaman. How do you make the shaman still feel like a shaman when you give them prot spec? Yeah, like I mean, with Guardian, I mean, I could see it like you turn into a spirit creature or something along those lines. Yeah, but like, even then, if you're if you're doing the whole or an spec, elemental, 
Like, yeah, but as you pointed out, taking one ability versus taking an entire spec, doing the whole spec, you'd have to basically redesign everything to be based on the elements or ancestor spirits or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not that it couldn't be done or it couldn't be fun, but having to do that for every class, like, so if a druid takes, you know, prot spec, why didn't he just stay in guardian spec? Well, you know, he didn't want to. So now that druid is using a, an elemental shield of some sort, that like a nature shield and just a lot of work to get every spec to work with every class because every spec would have to work with every class because you'd be able to take those specs when you're on a different class. So you now have every class has to work with 36 specs. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm sitting as I'm speaking this, my hands are starting to get a little sweaty and I'm feeling nervous. Just talking about this. I'm like, I don't, I don't have to make it work. You know what I'm saying? This isn't my job. <laughs> it's like this poor theoretical designer is currently hitting his face or her face against the screen really hard going, why, why, why did you do this to me, 6K? Why? But of the two, I would rather have the ability to borrow some stuff uh, than the ability to, let's do an entire new spec or an entirely new, like an entirely new class. Oh, God, no. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying I, if they came out with one, I wouldn't like get upset. I wouldn't like go storming the forums going, there are too many classes. But I would not be tremendously excited either. Yeah. Our next question comes from Shadana. Uh, actually, it looks like there's two of them. Uh, question for the podcast. When Sargeras was defeated and the dust had settled, did I miss where someone pointed out that Illidan made things worth, worse with his world-porting gambit? Like, someone slapped him upside the head and said, just when I think you think you can save the day and not make it worse. Am I not remembering that? I mean, I don't remember him actually being scolded. I think it was more he presented his idea and everybody was like, this is crazy. And then because it's Illidan, he just went and did it anyway. The way I remember it, the end of the raid, they're all, they're back. They, they get taken after they take out Kill Jaden's ship. They get back to, Azer- to Azeroth and they're like, that's over. We've bought some time. And, and Illidan's like, yeah, did we? Look up. And they look up and there's, sure, there's Argus. And he's like, yeah, we're not going to do any of this. We're, we're not going to do any of this. We bought us some time thing. We're going to finish this now. And that's he presented this as a fait accompli, and they had they didn't have time to like be like, yeah. "Are you crazy?" They're like, "No, okay, we need to do something now." And that I felt that felt very deliberate. That didn't feel to me like he was necessarily like it didn't feel like he was just Illidan being Illidan. That felt like a decision on his part to force like that. That was a the whole theme of the expansion. Sometimes the hands of fate must be forced. Sometimes you make things happen. You don't just you know you don't just let things happen. You you take action. You make a decisive decision. That's what he was doing. Left to their own devices, the people of Azeroth would have taken the win over Kill Jaden, and the Legion would have gone away, and they would have regrouped, and Sargeras would have come up with a new plan, and he probably would have come back within a few years. Oh yeah, easily. So. Illidan's decision was, no, we've got everybody fighting now. Everybody is on board. I am not going to give them the time to break up. Into, you know, it, it, For all that Illidan has his flaws as a person, and I, I'm totally willing to admit, guys, the, Illidan is the ultimate ends justify the means guy. He always believes that since what he's trying to do is the right thing to do, it's okay that he does colossal jerk moves. Yeah, Machiavelli basically like reached into the fantasy history world, read Illidan's journal, and then wrote the book. 
Yeah, that's that's very much Illidan's style. Illidan is totally okay with you know outright murder, like outright you know mass murder if he has to, if it'll get him the ultimate good good goal he wants. That being said, though, I don't think you can really say he made things worse. He made the fight happen when it was most favorable to them. Yeah, I, and I think that's pretty much what I remember as well. Uh, the second question, uh, which was originally for the podcast or the queue, well, guess what? We're doing it on the podcast. Uh, has Blizz stated that the leveling squish and level by expansion will not be here until 9.0? Like, maybe a late summer 8.3.5 surprise? Slight smile. Uh, uh, I don't think they said anything. They have not said they're not going to do that. But they also having haven't said that been, they're going to. <laughs> yeah. Having been on the alpha, it's a very integrated system with, with 9.0. I do not feel like it's the kind of thing they're just going to break out. It's not transmog. It's not something they can just show up early and not disrupt things. If they dropped that leveling system into, like, from, in order for that leveling system to work, the level squish has to happen. Yeah. Uh, they can't drop that without dropping the leveling squish. They can't just drop the leveling squish on people. They would, they'd lose their minds. Can you imagine if they said, oh, hey, in August, we're going to just squish everyone's levels? Well, I, I mean, think about it this, too. Like, and I was talking about this a little bit in, in chat, like... I'm leveling an alt right now that's just 95. What do I get squished to? I don't think they've fully decided how that's going to work either yet. I know that there's been some people who've posted like charts and have talked about how how it's going to work, but I don't know how official those are. Yeah, until I hear so, something yeah. that says this is set in stone and it's the image of, you know, somebody from Blizzard with the Groot sign or uh, yeah, Groot sign just like here it is. Uh, no, I, I have no no idea how official those are. It's important to know that the the, the the alpha right now does not have character transfer. Mm-hmm. I can't move my like level 75 character over and tell you what level they convert to. Uh, so that's one of the things. They may not have that system ready yet. Um, and that's not to be surprised by. There's been a lot of work having to be done here. It's quite possible they won't have that system until much later. But as long as the, while they're working on it, I, I, this is a question I can't tell you the answer to. I would be extremely surprised if they just, you know, oh, hey, we're going to drop that early just as a, as a nice tide me over. Go ahead. Level with the new system. I don't see that happening based on my experiences on the alpha. I do not think it is going to be ready to be go. You know, it's June right now. I do not expect the system I've been playing around with on the alpha as recently as three days ago to be ready to go in August. Yeah. Um, I just don't. But that doesn't mean that they're not doing it fast or good. It just means that it's not ready. (laughs) So, yeah, I would be surprised. I mean, they can do what they want. It's their game. But I don't expect them to do that, if that helps. Yeah, I I agree. I think it's going to be a hard, like, the expansion released. Now everybody gets this. Like, I I don't think we're going to see it until then. At least that's that's everything my gut tells me. All right. Our next one, and I think this is going to be a little more for uh, Rossi here since this is some D3 stuff. Uh, what up, Watchers? So the current D3 season, to end with the day after the beginning of summer, I played out 20 as a Barbarian. 
the 90 Savages set feels like the Invoker Thorns Crusader set with better movement and burst. My question is, do you skip seasons to give the game a rest, waiting for new sets for your preferred class or classes? While I like uh, Demon Hunter, Barb, and Crusader, just play better in my opinion. Uh, I have been giving it a rest when there are not interesting sets or themes. Tons of loot with no new gameplay does not do it for me. Sorry, Season of Greed. Uh, and this is from Easy Target, who loves him some Gamma World, just not third edition. Why, why you try to hurt me, Easy Target? <laughs> it did seem specifically targeted at you. Yeah, um, in terms of uh, your Gamma World thing, you're wrong. Uh, but in terms <laughs> of everything else, um, I, 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 I don't play every season. Like, I, I've let entire seasons go just because I wasn't particularly interested or because I had other stuff going on. Because here's the here to me, this is the real secret of Diablo 3. This is the thing I like about it. I can come back to it whenever I want. And I can play it by myself or with the people I normally play with as much as I want. And there's very little barrier to entry. Like, if I want to play the game solo and do riffs solo... I totally can. There's nothing in Diablo 3 that is not accessible to me solo, which means that I can play it until I get tired of it, and then I can move on and play something else for a while, and then I can come back. I love playing a Barbarian. I like playing a Crusader. I think Monks are a lot of fun, too. But I don't really care necessarily if there's a cool new set for them so much as I care about, am I enjoying the time I'm spending? And sometimes I am. And sometimes I'm not. Sometimes the gameplay of Diablo 3 is really satisfying because it is very visceral. But it is also extremely repetitive. Uh, the only thing that, like, seasons can change it up because they can change, oh, now I'm going to play, like, for instance, you mentioned Season 20. Uh, you could the, With that set you mentioned, you can totally go with a, uh, a build that's much more about oh, frenzy damage. And, and that's, as you, you mentioned, it's like the Invoker Thorns for Crusader, I, I don't know that I agree, but it's an interesting comparison. Um, but if you are playing, like, I ended up playing for a lot, and then, like, I, there was a certain point, I, I'm trying to remember the name of the season, like, the actual number of the season, but the season where you were supposed to use ancient legendary items and not use a set, I just wasn't getting enough ancient legendaries that, that could outpower the real, the, the ridiculous strength of the waste set. Uh, I don't know if Joe knows anything about the waste set, but the waste set basically it gives I you like playing, then. it gives you rend and and whirlwind damage and a lot of it. And I think it's up to like ten thousand extra damage now. It's like it was crazy how good that set was. I just wasn't getting the ancient legendaries to make me play it differently. Like even though the the season had that whole thing where if I had a bunch of ancient legendaries, it would increase my damage and reduce my damage taken. I had such good synergy between Whirlwind and movement and not taking damage that it just, no amount of Agent Legendaries was making me want to switch. Like, the set was just doing so well. And that got boring after a while. There was, I played that build for like four seasons in a row, and just nothing was making me not want to wear it. Nothing was making me want to change. And it, when you're in that place where nothing is is making you want to change because you're just doing so well it can get it can kind of get boring like because you know i'm literally i played multiple greater rifts just as spinning guy 
Like, my wife is putting down turrets and doing stuff and being active on her uh, Demon Hunter, and I'm literally just twirling, twirling, twirling towards freedom the whole time. And I never... I never ran out of fury because I was hitting things like multiple things because it's a greater rift. There's just monsters to hit everywhere. And it, it just got to be extremely monotonous. But as you pointed out, season 20 had the new set. And if you got that set, you could switch over and you could go with a frenzy build. And it was really, really nice and completely different. It was absolutely a different experience than playing as a, as a whirlwind barb. But I love whirlwind barb. I always will love Whirlwind Barb. I loved Whirlwind Barb before that set bonus existed that made Whirlwind Barb so good. So I'm always going to be torn. It's like, you know, I really like... I, for that matter, I actually went and got another Barbarian just so I could have a Seismic Slam Barb at the same time. So I, I'm not, like, blind to this, but it is one of those things that does make me sometimes go away. Or switch. Like, I'll play my Crusader for a while. Because I, I don't know Crusaders as well as Barbarians. Uh... And so I'll play the Crusader for a while, and I'll try to grok it out and get get myself thinking, okay, how do I play this right? And that's another thing I do. But sometimes I do just take a season off. Like, yeah, okay, yeah, season 19, sure, fine, I'll take a break. I, I, I usually get my character up to level 70 to complete the uh, the, the Hadrix gift. Uh, usually I send the Hadrix gift boxes to an alt I don't play as much, so that when they get to max level, they'll have sets waiting for them, because you can open all the Hadrix gifts when you're level 70. And so you'll have a set waiting to go. You'll have a complete set. You don't have to sit around and, like, you know, do adventure mode until you finally get a decent enough gear that you don't explode the second you go to Torment 10. Uh, that's the other thing about Diablo. Since you can play around with Torment levels, you can you can customize just how ridiculously hard it is. And then Greater Rifts add that in as well. But yeah, I'd say... I, I do take them off from time to time. I do take breaks from Diablo 3. I play it. I still play it, but I do take time off from it. All right. Uh, our next question comes from Bennett. Hello. In the Shadowlands trailer, as Sylvanas approaches Icecrown, you can see sunlight on the horizon. I'm not sure if it is sunrise or sunset. And I'm not going to sing. Uh, but a portion of the trailer, if not all, takes place at twilight. Do you think this has any connection to the hour of twilight? Thanks and have a good one. That's actually interesting. I I don't know, but I, I know where you're getting this from because uh, I think Deathwing was, the sun has set on this mortal world, fools make peace with your end for the hour of twilight falls. That's what he says, right? Uh, and then you have the hour of twilight is a fulfillment of a chain of events that was instigated by the old gods aeons ago. Uh, it is prophesized as the moment when the old gods will finally be freed from their ancient prisons, which we literally just did, uh, and will return to end all life on Azeroth. Yeah, I mean, this could definitely fit the bill. We literally just freed the last old god from their prison. Like, completely. I could totally see where you're going with this. Maybe? Maybe this is what happens? Maybe this is part of that whole chain of events? I think the time of day when they were during on doing that fight on Ice Crown was deliberate. I just don't know if we know the significance yet. So, yeah, I don't know if it's actually. I, I do get the sense that whatever we're going to see in in Shadowlands is not directly old god related. No, um, the old gods tend to have their their pseudopods in in multiple fires at once, so to speak. They they like to keep their options open, but I definitely feel like. 
we're not going to hear a lot from the old gods for quite some time. I feel like Nazoth's heavy finger quotes here, death, um, has made it so that we're gonna they're gonna take they're gonna lie low. We're not gonna see them. I don't know how much we're gonna see Ashara either mm-hmm. in the next expansion. And I'm interested in Ashara more than I am the old gods. Agreed. Uh, and I do think that Ashara is taking a role in what's happening. I absolutely do believe that she is. Uh, but I don't know if it's a role where we're going to see anything from her. She might be busy doing something else while we're occupied. So, is it the actual Hour of Twilight? I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, I think the actual Hour of Twilight either did happen and we averted it or will happen and we'll be really aware of it. It's going to be like, you know, uh, Stormwind gets buckled from underneath by giant tentacles exploding out of the ground sort of thing. Uh, Orgrimmar gets eaten by an enormous toothy beak sort of situation where we're like it, it'd be real hard to miss. Like, I don't feel like we'll have to sit here and speculate on why it was Twilight when something happened. Because does that mean it's the Hour of Twilight? I feel it'd be more like, oh... <laughs> That's that's an enormous mountain of, of, of writhing tentacles. Yep. Yeah, that, that's definitely happening. So I, I really do feel like I should be insane right about now. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, definitely, definitely feeling that sort of, <laughs> sort of situation. So I, I don't think it's meant to be the hour of Twilight, but I do think that Twilight is significant. Yeah, and, like, and it, it keeps happening cyclically almost in like a lot of the stories like the whole thing with uh, Tehran becoming the Night Warrior was like that story was transitioning from Twilight into Night, right? Like that was sort of like a, a theme there. Uh, it just seems to be one of those themes that keeps popping up as all these these moments. And yeah, it could be. I, I, somebody once told me that they thought it was just one of those uh, tropey type things, and it could be. But I also think that I know the people who are doing the story enough that these are deliberate choices, at least. I want to believe that, and I think it is that they're happening at specific times for a reason, and we don't necessarily know what that reason is yet. We'll probably find out later because that's what always happens. With you know something major happens, we look back to four or five years ago and go, "Oh, oh, okay." I do also want to point out that Shadowlands is an expansion very much about boundaries and about crossing those boundaries um and in liminal spaces and twilight when you are in a place that is in twilight it is it a liminal space it is a space between darkness and light it is it's literally a place that is in its twilight mm-hmm. that's important to the kind of idea we're dealing with here in shadowlands that it is about transgression it is about breaching what should be possible but it's about going to places you're not supposed to be able to go to yet so i think that is definitely something to keep in mind while we discuss this is that there is certainly an element of the transgressive here that that is going to be you know just because it's twilight doesn't mean it's the hour of twilight tm but it doesn't mean it isn't either and it doesn't mean that twilight is useful for a lot of things the reason it's called the hour of twilight is because that's significance um but you know we'll see what happens i do think there's going to be there's stuff going back to like Legion with like the Ilganoth whispers mm-hmm. that we've seen playing out in various ways since. And I think stuff like that's going to continue to be important, whether or not it's directly related to the old gods. Yep, I definitely 100% agree. Like, pay attention, folks, just like you're doing now, because 
the importance of these things will come back. Uh, our next question. Hello, all. I am curious, when is the last time you all typed slash played? And are you as scared to do it as I am? Thanks. Great show. Snuggle kitten. Or I'm sorry. Suggle kitten. Let me let me do that right. I added an N when I shouldn't have. Uh, I did the other day, and it was way more time than I would free, like really remember to admit. Uh, but it's it's lots, like several hundreds of days. It's nothing on this character because this is a brand new character. That's the thing about slash played when you start your main over and over again. It's not scary. It's only three days, fifteen hours, forty five minutes of this yeah, character. Yeah, but I've had loaders since close beta. Yeah. Yeah, I, the thing is, though, I've had characters since then, too, but I haven't played them this expansion, really. So, again, by spreading it out among m multiple characters, it doesn't feel bad. I don't look at it and go, oh, wow, I've wasted my life. I'm like, oh, three days, that's not too bad. And so I'm kind of I'm kind of cheating, basically. <laughs> so, it's no, it's not scary to me because, like I said, three days. It's three days, 15 hours, 45 minutes, 30 seconds for this character, and two days, one hour, 44 minutes, and 31 seconds for this level. So the vast majority of the time played on him has been at this level. So that shows you how fast leveling was with the with the boost. I, I blew through the levels on this character. So but, yeah, not scary to me because I'm cheating. But also, I mean, you honestly, you shouldn't be scared of it. If it's something you love, like we do, like I, I joke about it with how much time I spend in the game. But honestly, I don't feel like any of it's wasted. It doesn't. It doesn't scare like, me. There's people who like sports, and they spend hours and hours watching sports and going over like yeah. reading sports in a newspaper and discussing sports. There's people who like movies, and they've got the entire like they've got massive DVD and Blu-ray collections, and they've watched all of them. That's a lot of time. It's you know, think about when you sit. I watched a, my wife and I sat down and watched John Carter today because I I got the DVD, and that's like it's actually hard to break out two and a half hours or so of time to sit there and watch a movie we gotta walk our dog I, I have a job I mean there's there's stuff to do it's actually think about that that's a, that's a two and a half hour period of time that we're not doing anything else um, and so if you watch like if you watched a movie a week that's that adds up if you watched a movie a day that really adds up that's a lot of time. Uh, if you're like an inveterate TV watcher, like say, oh yeah, I'm, I've I watched all seven seasons of however many seasons it was of Game of Thrones, you've watched a lot of television. You know, and if you watched, if you've been watching television since you were say ten and you're forty now, that's like you know thirty years of television that you've watched. So, hobbies, pastimes, they they what they do is they pass yeah. time. I mean, if I if I were to add up all the time that I've spent playing and painting. Warhammer 40k miniatures over the years I am that's a number I am scared of <laughs> but I also don't regret it <laughs> I mean you were going to do something with that time right were you going to people are always like oh it's time you could have been productive were you really going to be productive with all that time no nobody is productive all the time nobody can be productive all the time even people who've done amazing super productive things with their lives have to have some downtime you have to have time where you're not thinking super hard about what you're trying to accomplish. You need to have time to like take in new things, think about other stuff, relax, unclench. That's one of the reasons stress is so bad for you. Mm -hmm. Because it doesn't allow your body rest. It ramps up the, the various chemicals that your body is using to tell you, that, oh, we got to do something. 
it, it is ultimately it is to the benefit of everyone that everyone get have things that that they enjoy. Uh, if the world could, if everybody in the world could have things they enjoy, and didn't have to be like stressed out and panicked and, and crushed by life, we'd all be better off. Uh, that is, it is a shame that we don't have that in the current system, and it is something we should we should shoot for in how we run humanity. One of the things I always used to like about Star Trek as a concept was that they at least tried to believe that we could achieve a society where people were like treated equitably. And they weren't like constantly panicked about, you know, oh God, what if I, if I don't work really hard all the time, I won't be able to keep my house. If I don't work really, you know, no, just, just, you should be able to enjoy your life. And if that means you're really into Calvin and Hobbes collecting, then whatever, good, enjoy it. I don't feel like you should feel bad about anything you do that isn't hurting anyone. I concur. All right, our last question comes from our good friend Spry Sprocket from Proudmore. Greetings, ones who watch. Don your tinfoil hats. I was thinking about the dragonflights and the apparent paradox of the Hour of Twilight. Mm, topical. Uh, the dragonflights were created to stop a thing that would only happen because they were created to stop it. And not counting Deathwing, the dragonflights have been responsible for all kinds of world-ending trouble. Malagos twisted the arcane ley lines. Can't be healthy for a nascent titan. Ysera failing, uh, falling to nightmare and potentially poisoning Azeroth's dreams. Uh, Nazdormu's inevitable fall to madness and attempts to alter the timeways. All of it avoidable if the titans had simply not granted them power. The dragonflights make no sense. But what if it wasn't that the dragonflights were created to stop the Hour of Twilight, but rather the Hour of Twilight was an acceptable outcome on the way to the Titans' actual goal, Rathion. Assuming that some of the Titans can either see or calculate the future, is it possible that they foresaw that creating the Dragonflights, while causing a lot of otherwise avoidable problems, would eventually result in Rathion and everything that followed from him? They might not have been able to see exactly how he came to be, due to his creation being a mix of Titan, Old God, and cosmically calculated odds, TM, defying mortals, but that his eventual existence would lead to the Pantheon revived, Sargeras contained, and the Old Gods defeated. Is this more or less likely than the Titans creating Dragonflights in order to put a stop to the threat of, well, Dragonflights? I mean, first I'm going to I'm gonna agree with Autoluke and Chat. Malagos did nothing wrong. We can't be trusted with magic. Just going to throw that out there. But what do you, what do you think of these? There's an assumption here that is not proved. The Hour of Twilight doesn't depend on the Dragonflights at all. You're saying that it wouldn't happen if not for Dragonflights, but the whole point is the Old Gods existed well before the Dragonflights did, and were working to suborn the world. If there were no Dragonflights, they might have achieved their goals sooner. Assuming that, for instance... Neltharion's fall indicates that he was doomed from the beginning because you believe, you know, there's cosmic predestination to be dealt with. The Titans know the timeways and so forth. But without Neltharion doing his job for eons, wars would have spread across Azeroth much quicker. If you go back and read, of all things, the Burning Crusade and Cataclysm art books both have really cool documents from, from other people talking about the history of the Dragonflights. One of them is a thing from the elves talking about Zaxas 
which is the name that the the night elves have for Deathwing. And they talk about how before he fell, he used to deliberately shape the world to subtly prevent conflicts. Like, oh, these two groups are living relatively close to each other and they look antagonistic towards each other. I'll just mountain. make a mountain range here and now they won't fight because they won't come into contact. And he did that kind of thing. And when he became Deathwing, he started tearing those barriers down. Mm -hmm. But for eons, he was subtly preventing conflicts all across all of Azeroth. There's a reason the Vrykul didn't spread out of Northrend until, which didn't exist at the time, obviously. It was like all one continent. There's a reason that the Vrykul didn't just march south and start conquering people until after Deathwing fell. There's a reason that the Mogu were relatively contained. They didn't go everywhere they could have. If you look at where the Mogu are and where the Mogu were, there is no physical barrier other than mountain ranges and such stopping them from getting anywhere in the world. But they didn't go and try and conquer everybody. There were no giant wars between like you know, the, uh, the Mogu and the Night Elves. Their empires did not fight. And like even the ones like you know the, when the trolls and the trolls made common cause with the Mogu, for example, but the troll war with the Akir took place. That's that's the the Akir who are servants of the All Gods. Deathwing didn't do anything to stop that fight. He allowed that conflict to happen, but he prevented others. So you have to look at the whole run. You can't just look at oh there was a negative outcome, therefore it was all bad, and they should have known better and not done it. Yes, Ysera getting, you know, turned to the Nightmare recently was a very bad thing, but for thousands of years, Ysera protected the, the Nightmare, protected the, the Emerald Dream, and kept the Nightmare from spreading once it started. Yeah, and don't forget, she didn't start the Nightmare. The, her succumbing to the corruption wasn't the start of the Nightmare. The Nightmare was there for a long time. Yeah, and it's, you look at all this stuff, Hakar tried to come back to the world and, and spread his Blood Plague, and it was the Emerald Dragonflight that smashed the, the, the temple into the into the swamp and prevented him from doing so. Uh, there's a lot of cases like this. The Dragonflights aren't always successful. They don't always pull it off, but it's it's really not fair to blame them for the problems they're fighting. Yeah, Without, with, without their presence, those problems might have been much worse. Yeah, I agree with that. And I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't think it's fair to say that they are the cause of all of these problems. I mean, aside from Deathwing, and I mean, eventually Nors Domu, uh, not really. Like, what did what and did Alexstrasza do? What did Ysera do other than die? I mean, you know, Ysera failed at the end, but that's you know, she was put in an untenable position and she died. She died trying to save Azeroth. Um, even Nors Domu, what's going to happen to him isn't really his fault. It's just a result of dealing with forces like beyond mortal ken, uh, dealing with time and time travel and all that. So I, I don't buy the idea that they that the the dragonflates. First of also the dragonflates weren't made by the titans. Dragonflates were empowered by the titans, but they were empowered by the titans as requested by the titan watchers. And it was Tyr who decided, oh. 
we're not doing a good job of shepherding this world. He looked at the world. He saw Galakrond rise. He realized there were forces out there. It's almost it's almost a certainty that Galakrond mm. was a result of the old gods. I, I, Galac- I still wouldn't be surprised if, if Galakrond was a result of Titan tinkering with old gods the first time. Yeah, I mean, that's certainly that. there's certain hints and things Tyr says that he was trying to make a champion. And he ended up with Galakrond. But it definitely feels like Galakrond's whole thing where he devours life and spits out unholy monstrosities that seem to be undead. That feels like it could be old goddish. At any rate, however, however Galakrond worked, that's a threat. And it was a threat that the Titan, the Titan Watchers weren't stopping. And it convinced here, oh, all this stuff is happening. We, we, we consider ourselves outside of this world. We watch it, we monitor it, but we don't consider ourselves part of it. And that means we're going to miss stuff. So he came up with the idea. He kind of went over um, Odin's head. Because Odin didn't want this. Odin did not want um, the, 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 uh, the, t- the dragon flights. Despite and, his love of Pokemon. Yeah, he, he didn't want the dragon flights. And so Tyr went over his head, basically went to all the other Watchers and said, look, let's just contact the Titans. And because there were Titan Watchers that had access to Amonthul just as much as Odin did... Uh, High Keeper Ra, for instance, and Tyr himself, uh, they they went around him. They end run, they did an end run on him, and they empowered the Dragonflights. They they contacted the Titans and, and drew power from them and empowered the Dragonflights. But it wasn't the Titans making that decision directly. It was on it was on a smaller scale. It was not the you know I'm sure, I'm sure the Titans were aware of it. I'm sure the Titans factored it into their planning. But that's like something to really consider is. We don't really understand how Titanic planning works. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to bag on Rathion here. Uh, Rathion certainly had some effect, and he certainly is an interesting figure and an interesting character. But it does it, it feels like it's a bit premature to credit Rathion with the stuff you've credited him with. Like, you could just as easily credit Illidan Stormrage with a lot of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, did the Titans do all this just so we'd get Illidan? I mean, after a while, I think there is a certain point. One of the things that the Infinite Dragonflight loves to say, one of the things they said in the very first time I ran Black Morass, I remember it very deeply. Uh, I can't remember which boss says it, but he says, the time has come to shatter this clockwork universe. Uh, Last boss, I can't remember his name. Yeah. And the thing is that the Titans have a mechanistic approach to existence. I think they absolutely do. But I think the real interesting thing about it is that we don't obey their rules. That was the whole thing about the fight in Ulduar. When, when we fight... Oh, bloody heck, I can't remember his name. Big, big, titany guy who shows up. I got a title off of fighting this guy. Is he the, he's like the, the, the rare Ulduar, boss. Algon? Algalon, thank you. Algalon, yes. Yeah. When we fight Algalon, he even says how, you know... You, you defy cosmically calculated odds. This shouldn't be happening. Everything that's been happening on Azeroth for years now shouldn't be happening. We shouldn't be able to do this stuff. When we beat um, Argus, it says that was impossible. What you just did was impossible. That blood you're getting, you shouldn't be able to get. This shouldn't be happening. So... I don't think the Titans have planned for any of this. I think we are past the point of Titan planning. I think the only plan the Titans have at this point is to let us do it because we can't be, we can't be accounted for. 
the Titans' plans can't account for what we're going to do, and neither can the old gods. Even even for if all, they have foresight, because however they do it, it doesn't. It can't adapt to us. We're not predictable. We do weird things that don't make sense, and yet it works. You know, a bunch of us show up and fight Algalon, and he loses. And he's like, "What? I, I, how did that happen? I, this shouldn't be possible." And and we keep doing things that shouldn't be possible. I'm not disputing that Rathion might have a very key role to play in these events. I just don't think any of this stuff is planned for anymore. I think we are off the construction paper. Yeah. You know. If you think of like a D&D campaign, imagine the Titans as the DMs of this D&D campaign. And they had a real plan for every, where everything was going to go. And, then and the players the murder hobos. And the players decided, "Nope, I'm not going we're not going there. We're going to do this instead." If you've ever DM'd a D&D game, you know what this is. You've had yeah. this experience where yeah. you you know, you literally you're looking down at the at the pile of notes you had for the place you expected your players to go. Perhaps it's a, fa- a fantastic magical city. You that spent you spent months eight- working on. <laughs> Sorry. And, and one of your players is like, I don't want to go there. It's scary. I don't want to do it. So suddenly they're, they're like wandering around in the swamp and you have to throw the three bears, the three little bears at them because that's what your players have done to you. I think that's the Titans here. <laughs> For those of you playing at home, you should listen to the, the D&D games. You'll understand. But... I think you're right. I think I think that it's it's a case of we are the wild card. We are the ultimate wild card when it comes to that, and it's been said time and time again. Uh, I don't think Rathion was the end goal. I think Rathion was a thing because we happened, and that's like everything else. You want to never... blame somebody for Rathion? Blame us because we yeah. made that egg. That was us. We did that. Titans didn't plan on the old gods escaping their prisons. We did that. All of them. Really? <laughs> like, we do things that are completely unexpected. We do things that you cannot plan for. So, again, you know, no matter how much foresight they had, and that's the other thing, the old gods have a better chance at seeing what we're going to do than the Titans do. The Titans are too close to that rigid order thinking that they plan for one thing. And we've seen this time and time again, and that's all they plan for. And like the whole hour of twilight thing, I still think that, that was just an inspirational speech that Tyr gave to the the dragons. You're gonna have this big thing that you're eventually going to have to face. Don't I mean I'm giving you making sure you got the power and the know how, but I believe in you. Go out there and win one for the Gipper, and just letting them loose. Like it doesn't necessarily mean that it's an actual thing. He didn't know they didn't necessarily have to know that it was a thing. Amethulk didn't necessarily know that the hour of twilight was going to happen. It, you know, just vaguely go tell them that this is an important thing to keep them on their toes, right? Like to me, again, old gods have a better chance at seeing what we're going to do than the Titans ever did. So actually, I I would argue that they have an even worse chance. Really. Because the Titans see one possible truth and believe it to be the one true path. Fair. The old gods think everything is possible. So how do you pick which one is going to be the possible one if they're all equally possible? The old gods have no sense of odds. They don't know. They don't think about which ones are more likely than others. They just think they're all possible. So in between, we have rigidly calculated out all the possible odds and we have decided everything is true. There's us, where we're like, nah, we prefer this one, so we're going to work for that. 
And that's the thing the old gods don't know what to do with. The old gods don't know what to do with sanity. The idea of clearly trying to establish a possible beneficial goal for you and working for it. It's like, what? Why wouldn't you just want to be like oozing in primordial chaos like we do? Because we're not you. This doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Come on, look at all this crazy stuff you can do. We just want to do this one thing. But that means you can't do the other 999 things. Yeah, we're fine with that. What? What? No. <laughs> Caper in the ruins of our blasphemous abhorrence. No, we don't want to. It sucks. We don't want it. Okay. You know, that's that's why the old gods don't have any better chance against us than the Titans do. So I think that's all we hate. That's all I have to say on that one. Do you have anything else to add? I think I'm pretty good. All right. Well, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. Your continued support means this podcast, site, and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on the podcast or the queue, and an ad-free site experience. Thank you very much, Joe. And uh, again, guys, if you have questions for the show, you can hit us up on our Discord server. You can go to Podcast Q and Patron Questions channel, which I've completely butchered the name of, but you'll find it. Or you can go to our Q questions for non-patrons. Uh, we will we will look through both channels there. Several questions this week were from both those channels. Or you can email us at podcast.blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or Blizzard Watch so we know it's for this show. Uh, I just want to take a moment to say thanks to all of you for supporting the site, for being here when we do this podcast. Um... Uh, Life is really scary and confusing right now, and there's a lot of bad stuff happening, but there's also hope. Uh, there's also a lot of people fighting really hard to try and make things better. And whether you know it or not, just little acts of kindness, just little acts of support can make life better for somebody else. And you've you've made my life better. I can say that unequivocally. This This community, this group of people, you have made my life better, so thank you. Uh... I want to let Joe talk before we end the show. So do you have anything to say, Joe? I mean, I've gotten sappy with our community a whole bunch. You guys know how I feel about you. Um, I appreciate you from the very bottom of my core. Uh, so thank you all for the, the friendly tweets and messages, even the, the snippy comments, uh, auto Luke in chat. I want to give a shout out to you. Like you going back and forth a bunch of 6,000 and, and everybody else. Like you guys are great. And interacting with you is a highlight of, of at least my week. Uh, so thank you very much for that. And uh, please don't go anywhere. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you can go to the bathroom and stuff. It's fine. Well, yeah. Get a, have a sandwich. <laughs> Sandwiches are really good. You should have some. All right. Uh, that's it for the show, guys. Thank you so much for being here. And we will be here next week. 